another week, another episode of Dynasty Theory. It's going to be another fun episode, guys. We have all three of us here. I'm joined by Dan Lamagna with his jersey on. That is why we are recording an hour later this week because the Lakers, Cowboys, Phillies fan had to watch his New York Rangers. What's up, Dan? I thought this was our premier hockey show tonight. I'm mistaken, but I am on a high as my Rangers tie the series at two. I appreciate the patience of our patrons waiting for us tonight and the the friendship of my uh, dynasty brothers here to let me watch the Rangers tonight. But hockey aside, man, five FF Eliminator drafts going. We have an awesome dynasty theory startup draft that we're in the middle of. Best ball drafts going. Really helping the rankings. Having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And... I've told you guys I'm on baby watch. Like I'm like my mind isn't a hundred percent here, but this gentleman will reel me back in from time to time. Mitch Sorensen. What's up, buddy? What's up? I, I have to admit something. I've never seen a full hockey game in my life. Like, okay. I might've seen a period, right? I might've seen like one period of one, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> In Utah, man, it was never big. You've got experience like a playoff hockey game. The atmosphere and the intensity is just off the charts, and there's like three brawls tonight, and it it was intense. Um. All right, that's enough hockey talk. (laughs) And I thought last week, I thought that was enough rookie talk, Mm -hmm. and I even even talked it up last week. I said, and, and we have people in our Discord calling me out. I thought JB said last week was the end of the rookie centric episodes, and I did say that, but Dan wasn't on and he wanted to talk about some of his rookies, but also just kind of what we're seeing right now. And since the NFL draft, we're pretty much a month removed since rookie drafts have kicked off. We've had a little bit of time to recover from that first wave. And there's still plenty of rookie drafts lined up for a lot of people. Most of the questions we're getting and conversations are still centered around rookies And whether it's a rookie draft, whether it's a startup, whether it's would you take this veteran over this rookie or vice versa. So we should spend a little bit more time because, again, as long as the conversations are rolling in centered around them, I do think it's good to to touch on some of the things that folks want to hear about. So overall, before we get into any players, Mitch, Dan, Mitch, let's start with you. Have you tried to trade? for any rookies post rookie draft and if so what are you saying nope i haven't done it i'll be honest because i think because the guys that i want to buy are still the top tier guys i want burks i want london i want kenneth walker i want Brees hall whoever drafted those guys they're not going to trade them to me at a discount i wasn't willing to pay that price to begin with so now a lot of my if i wanted to I know something that you've done, John. I know you're going to talk about it later. Is you've been trading those second round 2022 running backs for second round 2023 picks. And I mean, that's something that I would actually do. I'd be willing to move some of my 23 picks if they're second rounders. And I think it, you know, it's not a horrible team. Then I'm willing to go out and do that for some of those running backs. But that's kind of the only case that I'm seeing right now as far as me wanting to go out and get someone who hasn't been drafted on someone else's team yet. 
It's very difficult. And we see it in startups, especially too, right? Mitch drafts somebody in the third round. I try to trade for him. It could be within that week. And Mitch says, ah, JB, I just took him in the third round. Why would I move him at that price? So we kind of see it to an extent with the rookies. Dan, what are you seeing here across the board? And Dan is on mute. He he is so jacked up from this Rangers win, he can't even unmute his microphone. I'm still regaining my composure after that celebration, but it's a little bit more of a slow ramp up into the trade talk for rookies. And I'm glad we're having this rookie conversation again because as we enter these drafts, it's it's reeling me back in. I have been really entertained, and we're gonna we're primarily talking dynasty tonight, but the whole draft landscape, whether it's been best ball or these FF eliminators or a startup draft, I'm seeing rookies go all over the place, which is really just that rookie fever is continuing into these drafts. So I think it's really important to know where to slot them in your rankings. Stay active in your drafts if you can to, to see where those values can be had. You know, I'm seeing even overreaches where like John Mechie's going a lot higher in certain drafts than I, I thought he would. And we'll talk about our values and how things are changing in a little while. But you also want to get your guys. So I think there's edges to be had and finding value with the rookies, just being careful not to reach. I'm not as aggressive. I'm not as like, again, I, not as high as I was on last year's class, really zeroing in on guys. There's guys I want, but if they don't fall to me, I'm just kind of going with the flow of the drafts. Since rookie drafts have ended in a majority of my leagues, there are a few things that I've been trying to do. And this is kind of when we can talk about that rookie, uh, the 23 rookie pick conversation, Mitch, that you just brought up. But I think the best time, and I, I know uh, Trey McBride has, has popped up in a lot of questions, a lot of conversations, especially tight end premium. It seems like his value, he's going end of the first all the way to end of the second. It's been a really broad range, especially in tight end premium. So one thing that I've been, I've been looking at and I've been advising people of, and this is something that I'm looking to do as well. Let's say there's a rookie that I wasn't able to get in the rookie draft. And like Mitch said, it's going to be very difficult to go out and acquire Brees Hall, a Kenneth Walker, uh, even a, a Kenny Pickett, if, you know, depending on the quarterback landscape within your league. But what I'm doing is maybe a guy that went in the second round, maybe David Bell, who I absolutely love, and my roster ship shows that, maybe he went 302 in a league and I just couldn't get into that draft. That's a spot where maybe I could get him at even what I believe to be face value or maybe even slightly less because I'm certainly higher than him than early third round pick. And I, I mentioned Trey McBride. Let's say you have a 202 to 204 grade on him and he's slipping to 210. Again, you tried to get into the draft and you couldn't. That's the situation. If a player slid and you weren't able to get in, that's probably the best situation opportunity to acquire that rookie at face value, not having to, you know, you'd probably have to pay a little bit more than the person that just spent that draft capital, but not more than what you believe their their value should be. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. It's, it's that's the hard thing, right? We're in so many drafts that sometimes it's hard for us to move through the drafts. We see someone falling, we might actually not notice he's falling until after the draft we go back through it. I mean, there was a time to where I had easily 25 drafts going on at once, 
And I was doing my best just not to have a skip draft pick. That was like yep. my goal for the season was like, don't miss a pick. Don't miss a pick. Don't miss a pick. So yeah, while you're going back through them, maybe that is when you have a chance because now is also roster cutdown season in a lot of leagues to where you're going through, you're cutting players, you're putting in your waiver ads for all these other rookies who'd even get drafted in the first place. And that's a time to where you go through your rookie draft. Be like, oh, hey, he went a little bit lower than what I thought he was going yeah, so like to. I like John's mention of McBride, too. I think it's an interesting take. Here's a guy where I'm seeing him going a little too rich for me. And not that I wouldn't mind having him land to me organically to, if it fell in the right spot. But, I again, I reflect back at past drafts where I don't see him as the athleticism and the upside of the Hawkinsons and the fans that we saw in years past. And here's a guy that's going pretty rich. I just don't see it. I'm not a McBride guy. Like I was. Do, do, you, need, do you need these glasses here? I, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think he's, you know, the next Hawkinson by, by any means. So it's a, it's a, he's a little rich for me is my point. No, he might not be TJ Hawkinson. I, I slightly jest there, but I still like Trey McBride a heck of a lot. I just keep saying, you know, be patient with him. But anyway, enough about Trey McBride. I, those are the situations, though, that I do believe you can acquire those rookies post-rookie draft. Like Mitch said, maybe you just weren't able to pay attention to a specific draft. You weren't able to get in there. Uh, folks weren't really looking to trade for one reason or another. It's going to be really difficult to either acquire those early picks. I'd say that top eight, that's what I keep saying, is my, my top couple mm -hmm. of tiers there. So getting those players, because there is going to be that little bit of take lock, right? And I think there's a comment in the chat. The guy that really pops off is Trey Burks, Trey, Trey Lawn Burks. Holy cow. Yeah. It's... <laughs> like uh, our chat was going off today and it was just Burks, Burks, Burks. And if you have him on your roster, there's a very little chance you're moving him. The people that are saying to move him, don't have him on their roster to move. And it's not just Traylon Burks. It, this happens across the board with everybody. Yep. Rookies, veterans. You always have people, oh, I, I'd move him. Well, do you have any shares? And we do it from time to time. Mitch, last oh, week yeah. you were like, oh, I'd move so-and-so. Then you're like, I don't think I have any, though. Yep. Yep. I try to be upfront about it, but that it happens so often, especially when it's a hot take kind of person, when it was like, Joe Burrow or Tua, you know, during that rookie draft. It was any hype piece was great for Tua if you had Tua. And if not, then it was great for the Burrow lovers. It's just kind of funny how those things work out. Well, you, you talk about off-season OTAs. That's going on right now. Dan, how much stock are you putting in the stuff that we're hearing coming out of these OTAs? You guys know me, man. This is where the degenerate fantasy football fan and coach comes in here. But without overreacting... I I do collect information that I think it's helps me better understand the team's organizational plans with players. Of course, the, the sickness is the player's dedication, roles, focus. You know, I like any good, you know, jacked up photo. But, you know, I constantly review my Fantasy Nation's top-ranked rankings. And, and boys, they've been <laughs> they have been tweaking uh, all, all the past couple of weeks with these OTA updates. So, but not overreacting, but definitely collecting some nuggets. Mitch, is there anything? Obviously, Traylon Burks is the one that stands mm -hmm. out yeah, with the, neg the negative reports. Is there anything you're kind of looking at a little bit more, whether it's positive or negative, and you're like, okay, I, I, I'm getting, I can buy into that a little bit, or is everything take it with a grain of salt? It's May 24th. 
Let's slow down a minute. Huge grain of salt. Yeah, I'm just not worried about it. I'm with the Burks thing. Is it worrying that he's not on the field right now? Yes. Do I really care? No. Jameson Williams also isn't on the field right now. Do I really care? No, I just don't. I mean, I I know that Dynasty is redraft, and that's how we have to attack things now. And this constant news cycle of drop players down, raise them up. You don't have to. The fact is you just don't. You could actually just sit back and be okay. It's May. Literally 60% of the owners in Dynasty right now aren't even playing Dynasty. They haven't looked at their team since the rookie draft. They won't look at it again until training camp happens. So it's okay to be like, you know, I'm not going to trade a player for a lower value than what I had him at two weeks ago over news blurbs that probably won't matter in two months. As long as it doesn't continue. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to continue, but that's where you got to sift through the news. You know, hey, so maybe the kid went really hard and they got to adjust some things. You know, Jamar Chase was dropping footballs and was terrible a year ago, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread as we speak today. So you really got to sift through what those new, you know, news means. I'm a little more worried when a guy's getting in trouble off the field or those yep. those chronic injuries that we already had red flags. That's what I'm looking a little more for. Yeah, and we talk about like we have a hype channel in our Discord. We have a, a uh, rumors and hype channel. And I I've said this several times. If I share something in there, if I post a tweet, it's not so much that we, we should really be paying attention to it, but a lot of your league mates are yes. Amari Rogers in the best shape of his life. That tweet (laughs) came out and it's a, it's a small move, but I moved him for a 23 fourth, and Ricky Seals Jones in a two PPR league. Yeah, it's a good move. It's, pro- it's probably inconsequential. It, I, my season's not going to to live or die based on that move. But those are the types of things I tried for a third everywhere. Of course, nobody. And then I even got one comment. Uh, it was like, ah, JB, he's in the best shape of his life. Why are you trying to move him? And I was like, come on, you're, you're supposed to be taking this deal. But there are people in your leagues that are paying attention to it and they buy into it. Uh, so that's the reason that I like to look at it and I like to pay attention to it. Yeah, no, I think all the news matters. You just have to take it with a grain of salt right now. I mean, especially with news blurbs, you have to actually look into them and see what the full quote was, but <coughs> sorry. There it is. I think there I'm getting is. a little bit of a cold to be 100% honest with you. I told you on uh, last week's show, my, or uh, what was it? Oh, on the guest spot we did. Mm-hmm. My allergies have just been awful lately. It's been horrible this year. Awful. Yep. It's yep. so a therapeutic dynasty theory moment here. We're all, no, right. I have Listen, COVID I need- brain. You guys are allergies. John's got a talk- baby on the way. Babies, yeah. allergies. So when I'm bawling in the delivery room, I'll say, oh, it's just my allergies. Don't worry about it. Uh, what are we talking about here, guys? The hype pieces, the OTAs. How about uh, a, a rookie that I have actually changed a little bit on? Just to, yeah, just you guys are both going to like it because I hate to say John is probably going to end up be right on this one, but it's Jalen Tolbert. It just, 
It's, I don't think, any, but the thing is, I don't think anyone else has dropped really. I don't think anyone else has really gone up, but he's the one to where there's enough stuff going on with Gallup right now to where people are worried about him. James Washington is James Washington, right? So you're, he'll probably be fine in the offense, but Tolbert is just the guy to where you could see that preseason hype. We could see these blurbs coming out and everyone's going to be able to buy in really quickly. Oh, Hey, Gallup's not going to be back. Maybe James Washington doesn't take off. CD's in the slot. Well, that means Tolbert's going to be in the starting lineup week one, and you want anything that's in that Dallas offense. So I do think he's actually one that John was very early on. I know, Dan, you loved him too, that it was better to be early than what I am now because I might have him on two or three teams total. And based on the amount of roster ship I have, maybe I look to diversify a little bit if there is that value spike. Mm-hmm. We start to get a few more positive blurbs. Uh, we get some more talking heads within the fantasy community, especially like Mitch always says, when the redraft folks start coming out, hey, Jalen Tolbert could have a week one impact, just like Mitch mentioned. Okay, maybe I look to diversify because I'm up in the, I don't even know the the roster percentage, but it's high. I hope you do diversify a couple than me because like this Cowboys Homer here has like one Tolbert <laughs> share this this entire offseason. Um, the one thing I'll say would just uh, as I kind of watch the Dallas wide receiver situation, and I think at the beginning of the season, you know, the way Mitch laid it out could definitely come to fruition. But I don't think Gallup's going to miss too much time. And then I ultimately see Tolbert kind of in this rotation with um, Gallup. And I, I wouldn't even – discount Dallas signing a Julio or a Fuller or somebody at some point. So I'm really watching that wide receiver situation closely in Dallas, how it goes, but good, the good reports from Tolbert so far out of camp. So two things, it, it does seem like there is some growing concern when Michael Gallup's going to be back. And I think if they would pursue a Will Fuller or a Julio Jones, the, the ghost of Julio Jones, Maybe that tells us a little bit more about Michael Gallup's recovery mm-hmm. than anything else. You rely, you know, with CD Lamb, you're relying on James Washington, uh, kind of fizzled out there in Pittsburgh. Jalen Tolbert, 23 year old rookie. He's still he's 23, so you guys know I'm still thinking that's in the back of my brain. Uh, and then we have a question in the chat: When Gallup's back, is it Gallup or Tolbert? I would like to say both because I think they they're going to run enough 11 personnel mm-hmm. that. Both can have an impact. We saw Cedric Wilson get heavily yep. used in an offense that was CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. Obviously, you know, Dan has watched. Dan has every play. The only know. thing you don't know is how much of the offense Tolbert is completely sponging to be ready for the regular season. Right. How many series right. and packages he could be in to give us enough volume we need in fantasy football. As much as like a Cedric Wilson came out, he kind of, you know, got some burn and had some moments. There was like five years of him being on, you know, practice squad. Like he was a buildup right. to get to get to that point. So we'll see how quick he develops. Yeah, obviously there's a few asterisks there. Uh, Dan, are there any players that you kind of not necessarily changed your mind, but again, some time has passed. More information, uh, you know, uh, we have a little bit better feel about some of these guys. I got two. Anybody situ- you changed a little bit? Two situations I'm looking at. One's kind of like a, a receiver swap in my rankings. And uh, like I'm getting a little nauseous again here, Mitch, as we're both back-to-back compliments to JB here. But I guess he's he's about to be, you know, going into the, you know, his wife's gonna have a baby. So we'll get we'll we'll build him up. But John Mechie and Davis Bell, who I argued like so tremendously about there. You didn't even uh, get his freaking name right. Uh, David Bell. David Bell. I'm mixing up my next guy. Sorry, David Bell. 
But as, a, as I've just doing a little bit more studying, I'm seeing these reaches on Mechie, which are kind of amazing. And he's going to be out just a little bit longer than, you know, I think I'd like. And I just, I am enamored about Bell in the slot in Cleveland and his role and the feedback we're getting out of camp and just seeing how he's kind of sliding. I ended up with more shares and startup drafts than I thought I would with David Bell. So it, it was just too good to pass up at certain points. So Bell is rising a bit. Mechie dropped a little bit just from previous episodes that we had. Still like Mechie long-term, but is that your challenge flag? Or it's my your... challenge flag because wow. I'm gonna, and you're going to find out why here in a second. John Mechie is somebody that I was out on post-NFL draft and with all, all the information we had and the data that I have in front of me. I have several shares of him because I actually think he's going too late. And and that, but again, that is how crazy this draft is. The, this rookie class, right? There, there's drafts where Mechie might be going 203. There, somebody might be going 303. And just yeah. depending on your league mates, but that's one that I actually have come around on a little bit. And not a ton, maybe like seven, eight, nine percent roster ship but still more than I thought I'd have. And I'm glad you brought it up that way. And that's the importance of really keeping an eye on where these rookies fit into your rankings. Cause that's what I've seen with Mechie, John. Like there's some drafts where he's going up against guys that are just no way should be, he should be ranked higher than. And then in some drafts you're identifying, he's sliding a bit where he's falling right in your wheelhouse. So you've, you've got to be ready to pounce when a guy is, is, is dropping like that. And that's exactly what Mitch talked about. We, pay attention. And, you know, depending on how many leagues you're in, right. if, if you're able to pay attention, okay, there's a player I had my eye on at 202, 203, 204. Now we're at 210. I, let's see if I can package something up here. So uh, I, I, it's certainly okay. Uh, we have TJ in the chat. Marshmallow. So Marshmallow is now trailing Burks. Or I should say Traylon Burks and now Marshall. Mitch is steaming over there. Uh, Just can't. Marshmallow is having taken this many L's since being roasted around the campfire and used to make s'mores. TJ always had a good one. All right, where's that ban yeah. button? I yeah. that. Before you ban T, but I got, I got one more take that yeah. guys that I think have, have risen since my original rankings and past shows. It's more of a team situation as I'm watching these startup drafts go, but Tyrion Davis price of the Niners and, and more specifically just the Niners backfield, even Elijah Mitchell sliding a bit. I literally think you could grab Mitchell Davis price and sermon and just own that backfield. And someone's mm -hmm. going to land and be solid for you this year. So price I'm, you know, bumping up a little bit. He's moved up into that tier of handcuffed backs that are all intriguing. We all like different ones. And I think you could really have a good chance of owning that Niners backfield. I, I just think I'm so funny as you're saying this, as you're saying, collect them, you know, get all three of those, those backs. I, I don't know. My mind went to the game monopoly and I'm thinking if those three <laughs> were uh, a, a series of assets on that monopoly board, who would they be? That first row. Altic C. <laughs> no, no, the next one, the, ne oh, okay, the, the okay. light blue. Uh, yeah. Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut, Vermont and Oriental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, there. If you if you if you get some houses and hotels on them, okay. But I'd rather I'd rather move around the board. 
but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm just so funny. No, speaking yeah. of running backs, that was a great analogy. Just like shut that. I, I was moving up. on. Yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> speaking of running backs, I want to get you guys' takes on it because I don't think we've actually talked much about these guys since they were drafted. Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, and Hassan Haskins. I have them equally across all my teams. I have like eight shares of each of them. And I know what John's already doing with them. He is trying to move them already for 23 seconds. Dan, are you willing to wait and wait for some hype? Because I do think all these guys have a decent chance of there being hype build around them in the preseason. Are you willing to wait for that? Or do you want to get out now for that 23 second price? I like two points there. I like where John's going with it for next year. Because if we go back to past drafts, like I wasn't really high on this running back class as far as overall pedigree. So John might find some more talented guys if we're looking dynasty long-term that he's going to get with his picks next year. But to your point, Mitch, I don't want to wait. And it kind of leads to our next question. You know, rookies that land in drafts that you might be looking to acquire at a slight premium. Like there's some, someone's going to pop of one of these, these running backs. And there are a few guys that are intriguing to me. Um, James Cook, Damian Pierce, who you mentioned, Isaiah Spiller, who I'm still intrigued by, Davis Price, who I mentioned, Haskins, late Mitch. Something's going to break this year. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to overachieve. So I think if I could gobble up some handcuffs and where it makes sense in these drafts, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to try to get them. So let me explain myself because this is something Mitch Mitch knows exactly what to say and do to push my buttons. Sunday uh, morning in the Discord, oh, I was laughing so hard. My wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And she knew. She knew what was happening. <laughs> it seriously was one of those times that I had to put my phone down and walk away from it because my blood was boiling. I, was, I wasn't even a full cup of coffee, and I don't think. And I'm just steaming because we're going on and on and on. And I said, if I have the opportunity, I'm moving Tyler Algier, 12-team Superflex, Tyler Algier or Damian Pierce for a 23-second. And I've moved one Algier share for a 23-second. And I think I'm all out of Damian Pierce, but I didn't have much of him to begin with just because he was going a little too early. Now, it's not to say none of these guys are going to pop. I'm not saying that. It's over time. If you have enough of these assets and you would do the same move over and over and over again, you're going to see the benefit, especially this year going into that 23 class. Like, let's say Damian Pierce goes out there and he's running back 24 this year. Let's just, you know, on a per game basis. What's he, what is he worth on the market in December or in, in January? A second and an injured player. That's how I see it. Okay. Okay. So fair. Now let's say he goes out there and can't even pass up Marlon Mack on the death chart. What is he worth in January? Nothing. So I'm losing out on that injured player add on that you're talking about, but I'm also stabilizing my, my value there. I'm minimizing the overall risk. Is there a chance I miss like an Elijah Mitchell type situation? Yeah, there's always a chance of that, but it's over and over and over again, making that move. That's where, where it adds up. But again, if you're in one league and you have him and you're like, I want to give this guy a chance. I get it. I absolutely get it. So it's more of like a portfolio approach from that regard. 
that's where both of those points are right. Like I, I, I would lead with John's approach because knowing what we know about next year's draft picks, they're going to be a lot more talented in the second round than any of these guys we're talking about right now as handicapped running backs. But if I can't acquire a second round pick for them, I'm going Mitch's route and Hey, I want them on my roster where I could get them and it makes sense, but give me that second rounder next year in a heartbeat. I still have six, seven shares of Tyler Algier. Like I'm not, you got some, right? Yeah. I, I, I've had, I've had him set uh, counters of thirds. No, at that point I'm going to ride it out and see if I can get a little pop, but, and this isn't a, to poke it Mitch by any means, but you, you guys, seriously, it's not. If I, if I, if I was poking, you'd know. That that sounded awful. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, uh, like Michael Carter, mm-hmm. James Robinson, mm-hmm. like those those are the guys. And I I think Michael Carter was a better prospect than either Algier or Damian Pierce. And his so. value did go up. That was my only point. Like with Michael Carter, there was a great time to move him last off last season. That was more than what you paid in that previous draft. But that's because he produced. Yeah. And now can, can you get a 23 second for him? No oh, heavens. No. See, he's that's stuck that, on your team. All about he's time. The, he's yeah. like, you hope you had the one one So you have Brees Hall. You're like, well, I have that backfield solidified now. That's about really the only reason why you want Michael Carter on your team. Right. So that's what like he even produced, but then they bring in Brees Hall, something the Texans could certainly do something. Uh, the Falcons people were, you know, and they still have uh, Patterson. I know they're talking about maybe minimizing his role and his usage in the rushing game, but we have some comments here. Marlon Mack and Pierce definitely in obtainable backfield. Yeah. You could, you could acquire both of them. Uh, 23 second for all the running backs being drafted in the second of the rookie drafts. Outside of Rashad White is a smash scenario. I picked Pierce wherever I had Mac, obviously, without reaching. I'm willing to wait and see what happens. I get it. I'm just saying what I'm looking to do. And from a portfolio approach, it's a lot more beneficial, I think, to look at it as a whole as opposed to, okay, I just I have a few teams. I have one share of Damian Pierce. Let's see what happens. And the honest truth is at the end of the day, if you want to trade for Pierce back in September, you could trade that 23 second back to the person who traded him to you. And you more than likely don't have to add very much on top of it to get Pierce back. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and, and that was kind of the, uh, a lot of people did the same thing with James Robinson. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay quite yet. Middle of the season rules around now. Maybe I'll pay, but then you got stuck with them. Then you got bailed out a little bit because of the ETN injury. So th- there's a lot going on there, but that's something that I'm looking to do. And I'm kind of pulling a page out of Dan's book. I talked about the Amari Rogers trade earlier. I am spending a lot more time in focusing on looking to churn some assets at the bottom of my roster. I'm not putting, uh, Oh man, there was one person that Dan put on the trade block in one league, and I was, I was like, why did you put this guy on the trade block? Was oh, it Josh geez. Johnson? It really might have been Josh Johnson. I swear to God, that I was a go long back. time ago. I don't have any Josh Johnson shares. This it year. was, I, I still have a Josh. Nick Johnson. Foles, maybe I don't know. Maybe it was Foles, but I'm looking at those players that there's any type of blurb, any type of potential minimal increase, just something that's going to catch somebody's eye. But uh, something that I'm taking from Dan's playbook there 
as opposed to looking at the the top or even middle of my rosters and look to churn some of the those assets. So we talked about some rookies that potentially we changed our mind on, uh, maybe paying a slight premium. Since the rookie drafts, mm-hmm. are there any guys that you've you've just been reinforced and that I'm more stubborn on? Yes, and it's I, and hard I, for me to not be any more stubborn. That's the hard thing. But you know what it is? This is confirm your prior season. 100%. It is. It is it confirmation is. bias season. I didn't. If you don't have any Traylon Burke shares, mm-hmm. oh my god, you're loving this. And I said that in the chat earlier tonight. Yeah. You're loving it. It's like McDonald's. Not really. I mean, it's really what it is. It's the players I didn't like in the first place, like Dotson, right? I was never huge on him to begin with. I'm still, since I don't have any of them on my teams now, I'm like, yep, I was right. Dotson's not giving me good, right? But I was right. But that's like, that's really all that there is right now, I think. I think it's you're just confirming your priors when it's based off this. For me, and you guys stole it from me, but Jalen Tolbert, like, I just feel great about that whole yeah, situation. That was a good one. I like my back is hurting because I've been I've been patting myself on the back too much, guys. You are such a childhood closet Cowboys fan. It is just like it's the Gallup jersey behind you, the Tolbert Horbury. You like I, this should be coming out of my mouth tonight, and you're just stealing all my Cowboys thunder. But I'll give it to you. This is your this is your week, buddy. So for me, if I give like a little, I guess, overlook of you know takes that I'm still on, you know. The, the obvious guys aren't really worth mentioning. You know, Drake London, Garrick Wilson, I think there's some special traits there. Those guys intrigue me. I'm still having a little trouble letting go of Malik Willis, even though I don't even think I have any shares. I'm, I'm just keeping an eye from afar if he ever slid. But I guess the few guys that my views have been reinforced that maybe we're not talking about early on in the startups for me was James Cook. I'm just really intrigued by his situation in Buffalo. Really firm on my stance over him over Zamir White in Mitch and I's previous argument uh, earlier, which Georgia back to take in our in our mock draft. So I'm like stone cold firm on James Cook. And then the ocean bottom rookies are kind of always intriguing to me. Like I said, um, Kyle Phillips, man, Tennessee, all this Burks hype. When I watch Kyle Phillips film and he's got that prototypical slot receiver size, you know, the Crowders, those guys we like, he looks the part, man. And he looked good in camp already. Like he just looks like he fits. So I, I think he's a PPR guy that I know I was enamored by Jalen Darden last year. I was just going to say, but, I was just going to say. But Darden was small school, very small, drafted even a little bit later, um, not as big, although he did return punts and did get on the field last year. But I am intrigued by uh, Phillips. And then Jelani Woods is just another tight end. I'm looking at, you know, Colts oh, yeah. situations. He's just a freak athlete that I'm really keeping an eye on how that Granson, Moali Cox, Colts situation pans out. He just kind of lands in your lap late in drafts as well. So a few guys I like that I'm just trying to grab. With Jelani, I, I agree. Like, I don't expect anything to ever happen with him, right? But I'm happy to have the five or six shares that I have on my rosters. Because there's the chance that there is that blurb. There's the blurb that made Kylan Grantson worth an early second last offseason, right? It doesn't take much. And Woods has everything you want in a tight end besides, you know, going in the first round that we can like. If I could just add to that, Woods, like this is the coach of me here again. Jelani Woods, similar to like Jordan Davis, that D tackle that got drafted by the Eagles. Like there are certain guys, they just, God makes them different ways. Like we don't, we gotta see how it develops into fantasy football. But if the mm-hmm. the 
if it does translate into stats, it could be a freak. Like he's just not a human, you know what I mean? That they don't make him that way. So you definitely want to keep an eye on him. Yeah, they broke the mold after me and Jelani. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of similarities. So do you move him for a 23 second upon one positive blurb in two PPR? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Just just checking. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Uh because I got him for a third in a lot of leagues. In a lot of leagues, I get him for a third. That's where you want him. That's that's yep. low risk, high ceiling is a third. If you're in any safe leagues, two PPR, tight end premium, in most of them, Charlie Cooler was not drafted. Mm-hmm. I talked about him, I believe it was early as January, and just the profile. I, I, I like it a lot. And it's kind of a tricky situation there in Baltimore with Mark Andrews, but if you have that roster spot and you can let him sit and be patient, I do think he's going to pay dividends. So Charlie Cooler is just a name really late in drafts of my most roster guys. But then in the leagues where I didn't have a pick and he's sitting there in waivers, yep. I certainly have a claim in, in those tight end premium leagues. Uh, Kohler John was the one I grabbed a couple fourth, fifth round, those deeper rookie drafts that yeah. we have where you look at how Baltimore utilizes tight end and what they're doing in the off season. They're telling us they want to run and use the tight ends more again. So there they go drafting some tight ends and hey, hopefully maybe he works his way into like a Hayden Hurst role while a- Andrews is there and, see what happens in the future. He's big. He's athletic. He has the college production and it's a great scheme there in Baltimore for a tight end. So some of the names that we didn't mention, uh, Zamir white, how intriguing is he to you guys? Has he shifted at all? He, I was probably right there on par with his overall value. Agreed. And uh, okay. I could see a, a spot where I would take him here or there. But he kind of he got a little too high for me because of Josh Jacobs not getting that fifth year option, and then just blurbs coming out that okay maybe Zamir is their guy in twenty twenty three. Again, if 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 I had him, I'm throwing him in the Damian Pierce category. I'm throwing him in the Tyler Algier category. That's me personally. But what about you guys? Because I know Zamir is intriguing for a lot of people. Dan, you were shaking your head, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, so I'm rooting for the kid. Um, but I just see him as a rollback. And, and I think you where you put him in that class of the Algiers and all these running backs, all these handcuffed running packs, pick your poison, t- roll the dice. You know, th- there's no crystal ball on this. But I, I just didn't see enough at Georgia that makes me think he's going to be a lead back ever. Um, I could uh, I could see him be a complimentary number two, having a role on a team, maybe a catch a game here or two. But then, hey, maybe he overachieves. He is an athlete. He's got some burst. He's a hardworking kid. But I just put him in that that class, and I'm not reaching for him anywhere. Same with that injury history. If someone offered me a 23 well. second, I'd move him in every single league and wouldn't hesitate. Now, let me say the the Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier situations. I I move the Pierce shares. Uh, I move the one Algier. Like I'm blasting it out to every single league mate. Mitch, you were in the crossfires there. I was. Yeah. And, and and you didn't accept, but it it was a team you're rebuilding. And it's like you you DM me to kind of defend yourself because I you just said no, 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 but to. but then I said I sent it out to every league mate yeah. that had a second. And in that league, it actually didn't nobody accepted it. Mm-hmm. So you can try. If it's not there, okay. I at least tried and we'll see if anything else comes out here throughout the rest of OTAs, throughout training camp. Uh, Rashad White, 
my guy, Rashawn White. Yeah, uh, he he got a little too high too for me. Yeah, that's I, my problem too. I have I think one or two shares across the board, and Leonard Fournette there. Question marks beyond twenty two for Tom Brady, twenty three year old running back coming in heavily used in the passing game, not so much the running game. Is he going to be able to pass protect? Just like Dan always mentions, how much is he going to be on the field here, especially in year one? Because we know the, the all rookies, but running backs especially, it's very easy for them to lose value if we don't see it immediately. And that could be a Rashad White situation. So that's another one. I, I would not move him for a 23 second. I would need more. And I think you could get, I think you could get more though. Yeah. If you could, I would honestly move him. But my problem was I saw him as a third, but he was going in the mid to late second in every single draft. So I didn't get him anywhere. Oh, I, I saw him going even earlier than that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And so that's why for me, I don't have him. So it's easy for me to say a 23 second, but that's just because people were always willing to draft him before I wanted to. Right. Right. Yeah. He's great. He's going richer than. I could acquire him. You know, I have him lower than James Cook in my rankings. I do have him higher than a little higher than Pierce, but Lenny's still the guy to me. I, I there's a lot of work for that rookie to put in to get that value. So I'm I'd definitely be intrigued by a future second again, like you said, JB, maybe just a little bit more. And then I think because of and this name's popping up in the chat a little bit here, another one that just based off of my tiers, I was pushing myself up into that 108 a lot. Uh from 109, 110, 111. And I landed a lot of Chris Olave. And I think with some of the positive you know, blurbs about him, the question marks around Michael Thomas, even with Jarvis Landry signing the one-year deal, and then Garrett Wilson kind of getting that Jets factor, Traylon Burks not able to <laughs> finish drills. Uh, I, I think by default, and with those blurbs, Chris Olave has been a little bit of a riser. Uh, but somebody that's reinforce my my thought there right exactly it's all we need (laughs) i i I had to get that in there but yeah like like i said it's confirm your prior season if you if you liked somebody and there's a positive blurb and you have them on your roster oh my god i'm the smartest person alive if you don't have them on your roster and it's a positive blurb it's otas who cares and then same thing with negative Just wait for for Cam Akers, right? Whatever happens, if it's a good blurb or a bad blurb, it's so much I told you so nonstop on him. And it just kind of creeps that way with the rookies too. Yeah. Yeah. It's Twitter has been painful. It has been painful. Not if you're not on it. Well, you gotta I'm, be on it. You gotta sort through it, Mitch. You gotta you sort have, through it. <laughs> my, like my my phone is glued to my hand. It's true. It, and, and I'm going to be in the delivery room. Hold on. Uh, there, there's a tweet out here. I, I <laughs> Hold on one sec. Uh, any other players, guys? Any of these other situations, uh, uh, hype pieces or, or negative comments that we've seen from the OTAs, players we were reinforced so far from what we've seen, players that maybe we change our mind a little bit for better or worse, overall overarching strategies involving rookies that you might be trying to trade Anything else? 
think it's finally time we could put the rookies to rest. Can we, Dan? Can we? Because it was like the Undertaker. We we had we had the rookie conversations in the coffin, and the Undertaker sits up at well, WrestleMania. Might be able to put them away as our feature conversation, Mitch. But there I think they're, go. they're they're, they're going to still keep creeping up there. They you know, will. your, your boy will. Jamison Williams is kind of forgotten about a little bit now. You know, so he might be a, a sneaky guy. George Pickens, I'm keeping an eye out there. You know, intrigued by his talent. Where does Sky Moore, who looks like a running back wearing number 24, fit into the Kansas City offense? There, there's a lot of prospects that I, I want to see a lot more of. You know, Alec Pierce in Indianapolis, could he? you know, develop into the number two wide receiver. I sure hope so. And, and no one's talking <laughs> about Tyquan Thornton. Uh, I'm just a little intrigued by like uh, New England following the analytics and seeing how that offense kind of comes together this year as well. So a lot to watch out for yet. Kendrick Bourne, during one of his press conferences, interviews, he said that Tyquan Thornton, he's like, man, he is fast, but he needs to put on some weight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, then he, but then Kendrick said, uh, I, I'm sure I'm, you know, paraphrasing a little bit here, but he's like, I was kind of similar when I came into the league. And he's like, if he puts the time in, he could be something, something special. So final thoughts, Dan, for the 159th time, 159. What do you got with your Rangers Jersey on two more nights to game five. Let's go Rangers. Keep, keep up the gig. We got to steal one in Carolina, but my only final thought, man, is if you know, you're in your dynasty leagues and you haven't done a startup yet, Getting at least one. Like, again, just in helping me go through my rankings, our league and our from our Discord has been so fun. Just we, 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 Mitch labeled it the Goats League. And I'm looking at the rosters today, and it's really forming into a very competitive league. And it has helped shape my rankings, seeing where guys perceive them, the million good and bad trade offers that have been going everywhere, watching the rookie values. It's really setting the barometer for, for the upcoming offseason. So, encourage everybody to get at least one startup every off season. And it is interesting because then you can see how the values have changed because if you're one of those folks that Mitch mentioned, you, you've put your, your leagues down once the, <laughs> once, the, once your fantasy season ended, you look at your rookie draft. Now you're gone again. And then you go and try to trade Deandre Hopkins for a 23 first. Hey, why don't they want Deandre Hopkins? Well, buddy, chief, <laughs> A few things have changed, and that I think it is important to be able to see where values are since the last time you looked. Mm -hmm. Mitch, what do you got? I just got so it's waiver season after all the rookies, right? Everyone knows it. Important thing is to look at it the following week. Everyone goes in and puts in for those first rookies. You want to see who people are dropping as well, because maybe they do drop a Gus Edwards. Like, I'm not even a Gus Edwards fan, right? But he should be rostered. And just guys like that to where other people are willing to drop him because, hey, I want KDOT in on my team, right? And so they'll drop someone else. That's when you can get those veterans for a little bit cheaper of a price. I remember it was last, it had to be last year. Cam Newton was on a few waiver wires, but it was because he was dropped. Then I think he was just a free agent mm -hmm. right away. And TJ jumped in the chat and he's like, damn you, JB. Like I, I, he went to put a claim or get him, And I, I hit, uh, I, I, I picked him up right before that. So yep. Yep. yeah, I, I think that's, that's an interesting thought because you look at that first wave and you're like, okay, these are the best rookies available. Still. These are the best veterans available. Well, somebody's probably going to get dropped And it. 
especially a few of those safe leaks. Some yeah. wonky things happen. Yes, they yeah, Mike, Mike, Michael Gallup went three spots before you in our startup, JB. So you're not getting one more share of your jersey behind you there. I apologize. I actually had him on my list there. I thought he was going to slip to me. I think we're in the 10th and a 14-team league. Yep. I, I thought he was going to yep. be there for me. All right. Uh, we'll be back this weekend, Mitch. Pivot point. Pivot point? Yeah, probably Saturday. My kids graduating kindergarten. It's big oh, day. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So th- that's our weekly Patreon show. Remember the Patreon. It's five bucks a month. We have our tiers, our annual projections. We could even pick the brain of the Fantasy Nation champion, Dan LaMagna. Uh, and then it's free for the rest of May if you want to check it out for a, a little sneak preview. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Thanks.